0: Hello, my beautiful beans. Oh my God, it feels so good to say that. Oh, guys, I have missed podcasting and missed you guys so much. And it is so incredible to be back. For those of you that are new to the podcast, then you'll have absolutely no idea what I'm talking about. But I have been on and off the air since October 2022. And it all comes down to just issues with contracts, et cetera, et cetera, without going into detail because I just don't really want to go into detail anymore about it. But it caused like stopping and starting of the podcast, the podcast getting pulled down, put back up, pulled down, put back up. But I'm here and I'm here to stay. And this is my first episode back and I couldn't be happier. You guys don't understand how much I love this podcast and – how much I love you guys. And in the interim, while the podcast was down, I was still meeting so many of you guys, stopping me on the street, at a cafe, um, just wherever, at at the gym that I was going to, when I sign in to spin and things like that, and just meeting you guys and chatting to you guys. It is just my absolutely, one of my all-time favourite things in life is meeting you guys, talking to you guys and hearing your stories of how the podcast has impacted your life. So we're back. I'm so excited And the topic of today is going to be about creating balance in order to live a happier life. Now, I actually thought about doing this topic because there was a time last year, just as the podcast went down the first time, and I was really frustrated trying to work out how to get it back up and all of the above. And I had reached a bit of a roadblock where I was going through a lot of stress But I feel like I, in hindsight, not even feel like, I know for sure that in hindsight I contributed to that stress and unintentionally and subconsciously I was really contributing to that stress and so many things were going on at once and I was just suffering so much and I was contributing to my own suffering which is kind of like the opposite of what I normally do and if you listen to any of my other episodes I'm all about pain versus suffering whereas one is inevitable and one you have control over. And I'll go into detail in a little bit about exactly what I was thinking and what I was going through. But that is why I decided to make this the topic of the episode today, because during this time, which I deemed to be a really frustrating time for me, especially professionally, because professionally, the podcast is the biggest part of my professional life. Yes, I have other things on the side, but the podcast to me, not only is it the biggest part, but it's my favorite part of my career, of my job, of what I do. So for that to be down and to not be podcasting and to not have a direct communication line to my audience really affected me, but I allowed it to affect me more than I should have. And this was another really good learning curve for me because I think that you go through life and you, you know, you go along life and you have a roadblock or you have a heartbreak or you have, you know, a dream that was about to happen and then it got ripped away and you think, God, I've learned my lessons, I've gone through the hard shit, that's all done. And then you think you're cruising along, everything's going really well. And then you hit another roadblock. And instead of thinking, oh, fucking again, I've already gone through roadblocks, now I'm here. Sometimes you just have to think, okay, what can I learn from this? Or what can I do in this time that normally I wouldn't have thought about or I wouldn't have had the opportunity to do had this roadblock not happened? Okay. So there's a lot that you can learn when these things happen. But if you don't create a balanced perspective, on your life and on what's going on in your life and the different facets of your life because you've got your relationships, your career, your mental health, just your, yourself and hobbies, um, your passions, et cetera, et cetera, et cetera. If you don't create kind of a balanced spread of where you're putting your energy and how you're feeling about those things, then when one thing goes wrong, you allow it to affect every other area of your life. And that is not, not only is it not good, but it's not healthy it's not healthy. And then you end up looking back in your life and thinking, wow, I really let that one thing, while it was a big deal, I really let it consume my entire life. And I didn't enjoy that time in my life. And I let it drag on for really long and I'll never get that time back. Okay. So I want to talk about balance today. It's going to be great. There's a whole bunch of points. I've got like, I think like uh, like eight strong points that I'm going to break down to help you achieve balance. So you can feel genuinely happier every single day of your life. Not every moment of the whole day, but happy, you know, feel happier in general throughout every day of your life, even when you're going through something tough, whether it be heartbreak, whether it be career, whatever. Okay. Before that, we're going to get straight into a brain fact, a brain fact, a science fact, and then we'll get straight into the topic of today's episode. All right. So the brain fact of today, it's not as sciency as I normally go. This is more like a social psychology kind of thing that I thought was interesting to talk about. And it is mob aggression and that herd mentality. So what happens to individuals when they form part of a mob, in particular an aggressive mob, um, things like fanatical sporting fans, violent protests, but also other kind of group mentalities as well. So when you look at a mob, you look at people behaving in a way that they would only ever behave in that particular scenario. Remove the individual from the mob and you say, would you go and vandalize that shop right now just on a casual Sunday afternoon? And they'd be like, "Oh my god, no. Not at all." But then they get swept up in like the, you know, the crazy riot because of a you know, a sporting match and whatever and the two teams are going and before they know it they're they're destroying Public property left, right, and center. Why is that? Something changes in the individual's mind and in their conscience. So they go from acting as an individual to then acting as part of a group. And when this is for a negative cause, the results can be pretty catastrophic. And we've seen that occur around the world in like different riots and different situations. Like it happens all the time. This normal sense of responsibility becomes diminished when they are in a group. People feel a level of Anonymity and just like contributing to the idea and contributing to where the d- direction of the group is headed, but they no longer feel this the full responsibility for their actions. So you know something that they would, like I said before, something they would never do on their own, they would find pretty acceptable to do in a group. Um, they find it acceptable to break something. They might even find it acceptable to become violent with other people in the group as they themselves are not assuming full responsibility for their actions. they And the reason they don't experience full responsibility of their actions is because the other people are doing it as well. They kind of feel anonymous, but they also know that they're less likely to suffer consequences. So because of that, they feel more invincible. Okay, So another thing that comes into play, which is just this, you know, the psychology of humans is this need for approval. It plays a massive role, the need for approval. And when you're in this emotionally charged environment, like a riot, like a mob, like a whatever it is, people want to feel accepted by the group. They want to be a part of something. They want to be a part of the group. And when you're fueled with so much emotion, logic, like I've spoken about the link between, you know, the emotional midbrain and the more logical modern brain in the prefrontal cortex when you heightened with emotions and the more you go off on a, on that bandwagon of like heightened emotions when you're really stressed or excited or, or fearful or whatever it gets harder and harder for your logic to intercept so if you are in this like collective group of like-minded individuals your emotions get the better of you and you start you know going with the flow of this violent or destructive behavior a lot quicker than what would or could ever occur as an individual. And the logic, the ability for your logic to intercept, um, it just becomes a lot harder. So of course, it's possible. You're not, you're not brainwashed. You're not like you still have power over your actions, but it comes, a, becomes a lot harder to control. You know, it's a lot easier to not eat chocolate if there's no chocolate in the house, but if it's right in front of you, you've got to now control those impulses. You know, so it's this idea of more administering self control when normally you wouldn't have to. And, of course, because they don't feel responsible for their actions or less responsible, it's so much easier to get t- tempted and swept away in this energy of the crowd. It's like this movement that you instantly feel that you have to be a part of. So you've got less and less reason not to get involved, okay? Peer pressure also plays a massive role, Um You know, if you feel pressured to do it in the sense of there's a consequence if you don't do it, then people are more likely to do it as well. You know, they're more likely to get swept up in this idea if the consequence is that they're no longer part of that group or that they won't be viewed as a certain way or as a whatever. You're not supporting this movement or you're not whatever. So you kind of feel the pressure to be part of it. And then when you're part of it, you really get swept up in it. It's also very contagious. So separate to a mob, you've got to look at just like herd mentality and look at things like the stock market – So when someone does something and it picks up by a bunch of people, then more and more people are jumping on this fad faster and faster. Even if they disagree with the masses or even if like you disagree with the masses, you might find yourself purchasing something or selling something or wearing something um, or doing something even if you don't really love it. For example, you might start picking up slang words that you hate, but everyone's doing it and you're like, oh, I hate that I'm using this word, but you find that you're using it. And this is that herd mentality where you're just going with the masses. So while you do have control of your thoughts, everything is heightened when you are in a herd or a mob. So someone's influence on you is heightened, um, how you're going to behave, what you're going to think, your level of self-control, all of that is very, very influenced because of all those factors that I just mentioned. There's even been studies where that have been done on Lots of groups of people where someone has an opinion on a political leader, might be slightly negative opinion, and after being in a group of people who reflect that person's views, this person then starts to strengthen their opinion more and more and more and more and then to the extent where they've got this really extreme position, this really extreme idea of this politician where originally it was kind of like pretty level. It's like, yeah, I like a few things about them. I can see that they're doing well here, but they're also doing really badly here. So overall, not a fan. By the end of it, they're like extremist. Fucking hate everything about them. Very biased way of looking at it because they've had people sit there and strengthen their opinions, strengthen their opinions. So this bias comes into it and they're not able to pull apart. Well, they, they could if they tried, but they're not willing to or they don't instinctively pull apart... You know the, the good and the bad, and look at it all on paper, and then make make a calculated, you know, opinion or decision about how they feel towards this political person. And we all experience this. You might think that you don't, but we all experience it. If everybody is speeding on a highway, it instantly feels more acceptable to speed. If everybody is polluting somewhere, like there's shit everywhere, you might be at like the cinema or at. Uh, and ...a music festival... ...you just don't see the point in throwing your rubbish in the bin... ...so you just toss it on the street because everyone else did it... ...so what's what's one little bit more... ...I'm, I'm anonymous in this now. If you do disagree with a group... ...you're more likely to not say anything and not contribute... ...because you don't want to be called out... ...you don't want to feel left out. That's like humans' worst fear is to be like... ...outed from the group or the community. So knowing this... ...a lot of people just go with the masses... ...to avoid feeling left out or isolated. They do this as a protective mechanism to feel supported, to feel like they have a family or a community, to feel loved. People will even join religious groups just to be liked and not even believe the, the basis or the morals of that religion because there's this like herd mentality that when they get in there, they feel supported, reinforced, they feel like they're part of something, they're in and they'd rather be in than out. So they literally allow themselves to go against what they believe just to be part of a group. The same thing goes for like panic buying. Look what happened at least in Australia when COVID hit and they were doing all the lockdowns. Everyone went psycho, bought toilet paper. Even people that were like, that's fucking ridiculous. Woolies stock so much toilet paper, it'll be fine. They still went out and bought toilet paper because they're like, well, what if I can't? Oh, fuck, now I've got to get it. So even if you disagree, you end up modelling the behaviours of the masses. So And this is called the the bandwagon effect as well. So it's like where – and this happens in social media all the time. You'll argue something as fact just because enough people have said it. Even if there's no evidence to back it, this is how like false news spreads so fast and that's happened more and more and more with the rise of social media as well. But it's this bandwagon effect. I'm going to jump on that. That's a fucking fact. You hear people do that all the time and they'll – you know, when, um, for example, when people were talking about the stuff in the, in the PCR tests for COVID that would kill you when in reality – No one was actually looking at that. There was no trace of any of those things in the test kits. It was just a way of sterilising the test kits in the process of manufacturing them. And everyone's like, you're going to fucking die if you get this test. That's the bandwagon effect. No one's looking at the evidence behind it. No one's doing their own research. And they're just jumping on board. So this idea of like a mob mentality, whether in your crazy riot or whether you're talking about an opinion, the moment you just allow yourself to just – get stuck in it and you get people that reinforce your ID, it becomes harder and harder to control or to administer some self-control over yourself. So there are... There are ways to not get caught up in it. The people that are less likely to get caught up in it, they're the more inquisitive ones that always ask questions. So people that question everything, this idea. There are some people that are more likely to just blanket accept something and they're the ones that are a lot easier to be brainwashed. And then there are other people that are really inquisitive and they're like, but why? But I don't understand that. I need that to be clarified before I'm going to agree. Those people are way less likely to be swept up in that. Um, People who are really good debaters that can debate both sides of a story are way less susceptible to getting caught up in that um, because they're able to bring logic into a situation. A good debater should be able to at least point out one or two good things of, of the side that they're disagreeing with. And when they do that, it becomes a you kind of neutralize the playing field. You kind of think, okay, well there is, you know, you're able to reason with yourself and you're also able to to see the bad in your side of things even if you are still sticking to your point of view, you are able to see the holes in your argument. You are able to see where something might not be right or something might not be true and you are able to admit that. People that are able to admit that they're wrong are less likely to get caught up in that um, and also having a high moral ground, but like a, a legitimate high moral ground in the sense that you genuinely want to treat everyone the same. You genuinely don't treat people based on their status. That kind of moral high ground not this false moral high ground where you're pretending to be someone that you're not so i found that an interesting i was reading a few articles on that on you know herd mentality and you know mob aggression all of that and i found it fucking interesting um yeah that is the i guess the social psychology fact of today okay so let's get straight into the topic of today's episode which is all about balance so when it comes to balance I feel like it's really easy to lose perspective on what it is that truly makes you happy. We get caught up all the time on what others' expectations are of us and we're trying to fulfill that, what our expectations are of ourselves Um, And we're working on fulfilling that. Our financial expectations of ourselves, so we have to grind and hustle and grind and hustle because we've got to fulfill that financial expectation, the income expectation um, of not just ourselves, but maybe the people around you, maybe the society that you live in, or you're trying to live up to a certain standard of those around you. Um, Or maybe, you know, you get caught up in trying to show up as a certain version of yourself to other people, whether that's an image that you have to uphold, you know, whether it's in a social group, a certain status, whether it's financial or social or whatever. So because we get caught up in these things, some are necessary, like certain level of income so you can pay for your own living expenses to survive. And some are unnecessary, like hanging out with people in a particular group and upholding some sort of status with a group that you absolutely despise and you don't want to be around anyway, but you get caught up in this loop. And because We get so caught up in all these expectations of others and expectations of ourselves, we actually mistake that for happiness, right? So we think, oh no, but I need to, I have to, I I must, I, I, you know, this is something that I have to do. Instead of thinking, if I was to strip this right back and there were no expectations and I had to do what made me happy, would my life look exactly the same way as it does now? And- I would argue that in most cases, the answer would be no for a lot of people in a lot of situations. Anyway, so I've got seven things that I want to go through that will hopefully get you thinking about certain things and putting things into perspective so you can create more balance in your life. One thing before I do get into those seven things, one thing that I want you to think about is that you've got all these different areas of your life that are going at the same time. And when I say balance, I'm not saying that you have to be putting absolutely equal amount of energy into every single category all the time, or that you have to be going 100% in every single category all the time. That's not what I mean about balance. What I mean is that certain things are going to even other things out. So for example, if one thing is quite difficult Then you want the other things to support you while you're going through a difficult time in that category, okay? You might one day have to spend quite a bit of time on one certain thing because it's, you know, you're on a time crunch. But then you taper down off that and then you give more energy to the other things. It's kind of like a relationship. When you're in a relationship, when people say it should be 50-50, it should be 50-50, but it's not necessarily 50-50 In every category, one person might be doing more things around the house, the other person might be contributing more financially, one person might be more of the emotional support, while the other person is more of, you know, I'm doing you know, physical things to make your life easier. Everyone always contributes a little bit more than someone else or a little bit less than someone else. But in the end, it ends up becoming 50-50 contribution all round. That's kind of how you want to look at the different facets of your life, how they contribute to each other. It doesn't have to be equal amount of energy. That's what I mean when I talk about balance because I don't think it's possible for every single day for you to put in equal amount of energy to every single part of your life or every single facet of your life. Now, when I talk about different facets of your life, you, can, you yourself can choose what the categories are, but you can break them down into career or it could be job and career. They might be two separate things for you. Then you have relationships. You can break them down further into friends, family, romantic, um, one with your pet. Uh, then we've got um, financial. Then we've got hobbies, purpose, passion, health physical and mental. So you can break it down into as many categories as you want. But my main ones are relationships, career, um, self and health. And when I say self, to separate self from health, because everything technically is going to be related to your physical or mental health in some capacity. But when I say self, it's more things that I want to do for myself, whether it be travel to a certain country or whether it be a hobby that I really enjoy or whether it be just you know taking time out or going to get a manicure that kind of stuff okay so make it as big or as little as you want those are my main categories so let's get straight into it number one you want to think about not putting so much focus on one thing that it ends up eating away at the rest of everything try to distribute your eggs evenly so Take me as an example, when this podcast thing was happening and it first came down and I was really upset that I couldn't get it back up the time that I wanted to get it back up and all of that, I started really stressing out to the extent that I was allowing it to stress me out so much that I wasn't focusing on other aspects of my business at the time. So then because I wasn't focusing on other aspects of the business and I wasn't distributing my energy, I spent more time festering about how frustrated I was and then the things that I would focus on contributed to that frustration. Like I would look at – because – on a side note, most of you guys were absolutely phenomenal and so supportive when the podcast went down. But there was a select handful, which I did kind of semi-call out a little bit, but there's a select handful that were like a bit harsh to me about why it went down because I didn't give an explanation. And it was this expectation of like, you better deliver the podcast when we want it or, you know, or otherwise it's fucked, you know. So I was focusing on these comments and I was focused on, anyway, it was just getting really a bit too much for me. That by the time my workday would technically or should have been over. And it's hard to draw that line because I work for myself. So it's not like I'm, you know, leave and I leave it at the door. I would still be thinking about it. Tyrone would get home. And the version of myself that I would put forward to Tyrone would be this highly strung, highly stressed version of myself. So our dynamic, and, and mind you, I've never really had any issues with Tyrone because we've got a pretty great dynamic, I'm very lucky to say. But it was a lot more stressed. We weren't having as much fun as we normally have because I'm in this highly stressed state. My dog, which I'm a, who I'm obsessed with, Habib, who used to be called Negroni, by the way, we've changed his name to Habib. Long story. Anyway, we, I started just getting stressed around everything that, that that was around taking care of the dog, and I was really stressed. And I'm like, that's another responsibility, and this, that, that. So then it got to a point where I would wake up in the mornings, not really have much energy to train. Get to work, I'd be like, oh, here we go again. Like, get to my office. And it's like, oh, here we go. The day's starting again where I have to stress about this thing and I'm not happy about this. And I realized soon into the picture that I was allowing this one thing that while it was upsetting me a lot, I was allowing this cylinder of things to spill into every other cylinder. It was affecting my relationship with my partner, with my dog, with myself, with my fitness, with everything. And I was like, this is so fucked because at the end of the day, if my podcast was taken away from me permanently for the rest of of my life, as much as that would be so fucked, I also have to be aware that that's not what makes me happy or it shouldn't be. I should have and slash there are more than enough things in my life that I am happy for. And just because I'm going through this tough time right now, I should not be Letting it ruin all the good in my life. It's already ruining this one facet. Why let it ruin all the good, all the other great things that I've got? It is important and necessary for your own mental health to be able to just take a step back, breathe, and think where do I need to put a bit of my energy right now? If you're currently going through a tough time in your relationship, for example, and you're noticing that it is consuming you then maybe think where can I put my energy right now so I can take a bit of a breather and I can kind of, you know, spread out my energy a bit. Do I need to go on a walk by myself? Do I need to just visit my parents or my sibling or my best friend? Do I need to start just writing that book that I want to write? Do it like start to think how can I just fucking lessen the load on myself emotionally because at the moment I'm putting – all my eggs in one basket and it's not working for me. This thing is still not getting better. Whether I stress about it horrendously or whether I just take a bit of time off to give myself a bit of respite, the outcome isn't going to be that much more different. I realised that me sitting there stressing, festering, stressing, wasn't going to change the outcome. And I started thinking like I know this back to front. I know everything I'm telling myself I've known for a long time. I've also applied this to my own life several times in the past and it's worked. Sometimes you just have to remind yourself. So here I was hit with this roadblock yet again when I thought everything was smooth sailing and I had to remind myself of these things. I had to think, just pause, take a step back and just spread the load a little bit. Number two, zoom out and put your life into perspective. So while all this was happening, a friend of mine was diagnosed with Terminal brain cancer. And that changed everything for me. That really changed my perspective because this friend of mine, Jacob, he's one of the happiest people you'll ever meet. You can't cross paths with him without him having this massive smile on his face. He's got all the time in the world for absolutely everyone. He is just a fucking light, okay? So I just thought, wait a minute. Just put things into perspective. Like where I am right now, There is so much to be grateful for. I have such a fortunate life right now that I should be leaping out of bed every day, not to say that I'm diminishing the things that were stressing me out because I'm not. I'm not taking away and I'm not saying that I'm not allowed to feel those things because you should feel those things. But what I'm saying is that sometimes it is beneficial to pause and think I acknowledge this is going on and this is so fucked, but should it ruin every facet of my life right now? Or should it just be ruining this one facet that I can isolate into this one thing? Because I've got an incredible family and I've got this fucking epic puppy and I just bought a new car, which I've, not, you know, I've never had a brand new car this is such a big achievement for me and I've, you know, and I'm so happy and it's my dream car and that meant a lot to me. And I've got this amazing partner who's so good to me. And there's so many things in my life that I could right now pause and think there's so much to be happy for. And for some people that can be gone in a blink, in a blink. So I was like, I'm not going to let this one thing that's pissing me off, career-wise, bleed into these other areas. It's my job to allow it or to not allow it. And I'm not going to allow it anymore. I'm done. I'm fucking done because I deserve to enjoy the good things in my life. I can deal with this and, yes, it can upset me and, yes, I can have my moments where I cry and, mind you, I did many times, lol. But I have to put an end to how much of my day is going to be dedicated to worrying, stressing and crying about this thing. I deserve to enjoy the other areas of my life. So ask yourself, can I zoom out of this thing right now? You might be going through a heartbreak right now. You might have just lost the chance at your dream job. You might have had your dream job and been fired, right? You might have had who you thought was a best friend and they backstabbed the shit out of you. So you're feeling fucking low right now and it does not feel nice. Or you might have tried and tried and tried and tried and tried at a career but you just get hit down, hit, slap, bang, 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 bang. you just keep getting knocked down to the floor and you feel fucking shit. You are allowed to feel that way and you should because I actually think you should lean into what's causing you pain so you can understand it a bit better. But then to allow that, or not not even to allow, but to kind of get into a space where you're dragging that into every single area of your life, that's kind of our default option. But once you become aware of it, ask yourself, is it possible for me to zoom out? And are there things in my life right now that I can have a moment of feeling really grateful for that gives me a spark of happiness right now? Like, do I have a best friend who's just such a fucking legend and makes me laugh all the time? And I'm really grateful to have that friend because some people don't have a friend like that. Do I have a pet who's just so happy to see me every time I get home and like what a gift? Do I have a trip that's coming up and it's this trip that I've always wanted to go on? Where it could be anything. Do I have a skill that I'm really good at and I should be really proud of myself and think, fuck, I'm fucking good at that and i earned that and I've worked hard for that and I should have a moment to relish in how good I am at that thing. You know, there's a, there's a lot in your life right now that you can pause and think, fuck, that's good. But you might maybe just be complacent or you might not have focused on it. You might not be thinking about it. But for me, seeing how my friend, for example, seeing how my friend Jacob took this news and how he is with his life and how he finds beauty in every aspect of his life taught me a lot. And I consider myself a pretty grateful person in general. But there's always a a place to learn. Always. And he's taught me a lot. And I thought, fuck. I know you shouldn't compare struggles, but in my opinion or how I was feeling, I did compare my struggle and I thought, I am going through something that's really upsetting me, but look at how he's handling, how he's going through his thing. Can I learn from that? Is it possible for me to learn from that? And it was possible at the time for me to learn from that and I did. And from that moment onwards, it just didn't affect me as much. It just didn't because I thought, if I wasn't able to podcast again, would I have enough in my life to still be a really happy person? And the answer was yes, I do. So I can't let this control my happiness. And from that point onwards, I didn't. Number three, one aspect of your life does not identify you. It's not your identity. This breakup is not you. The relationship was not you. This current struggle Or not, you might not even perceive it as a full on struggle. Like you might not perceive what you're going through right now as a tragedy, but let's take, for example, you're in a really stressful job and there's no light at the end of the tunnel. Your job is just so stressful that it affects your sleep. It affects your life. You, you, you're struggling to get to the end of the week and that's just what it is. Okay. And then you end up making that hard work, 24 seven, hard, hard work, part of your identity. It's not who you are. You are a multifaceted individual. There's a lot of things within your life that make up who you are today, which might be different in a week, in a month, in a year. So I don't want you taking one aspect of your life and blowing it up to be the biggest part of your life, as if it's one thing, and then saying, that's me. This job in this random industry where I'm working as an employee for somebody else So they can make money. That's me. That's who I am. No, it's not. It's not fucking who you are, okay? There's a lot of things that make up you, and I can tell you for for sure, it's not that one aspect. And the problem is if you say, oh, this is me, you're less likely to want to evolve from it or change it or replace it altogether or just get rid of it altogether because you so heavily identified with it that even if you don't really like it, it's just who you are. You just kind of resign yourself to it. So be careful with how you identify with certain things in your life. Like I said, bring it back to balance, even out the playing field. Make sure that you're always tapping into other facets of your life. Yes, your career might be intense. Yes, it might be intense. But take some time out for the other things that really matter in your life because you will regret it if you don't, okay? Take the opportunity to spend time with that person. Take the opportunity to return your auntie's phone call. Take the opportunity to do things that you know are going to feed your soul because that's where you create balance in your life. That's where you feel good. Humans thrive of connection, of growth. And if you're constantly feeding these other areas in your life and making sure it's all balanced some days a bit more than others in some areas more than others. But if you're constantly tapping in and saying, what, what are my needs here? Are my needs being met here? How am I feeling? Do I need some alone time? Do I need blah, 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 blah. If you're constantly tapping in, you're going to feel a lot more fulfilled. Okay. You're going to feel like more on purpose. And when you feel like you've got purpose and connection and growth, you feel a lot happier with who you are as a person. Number four. Put yourself in your own shoes in the future you. That fucking didn't make sense. Put yourself in the future you's shoes. Whatever. You know what I mean. Imagine yourself in the future looking back and ask yourself, is it worth it? Was it worth it? Was it all worth it? Okay. So I'm going to give an example. This is one of my closest friends, absolute Lord, this woman, girl, woman. She's got a job that's very, very highly stressful, very highly stressful. Every Monday, well, the Mondays that I see her or Tuesday, at the start of the week, she says to me, I've just got to get through this week. I've just got to get through this week. And then she's making it to the end of the week and it's just like she's crawling to the finish line because it's such a highly stressful job, okay? Next week, I've just got to get through this week. And we discussed this and I was like, This is not a particularly stressful week that you've got to get through because there's more tasks than normal. This is your dialogue or our dialogue every single week. You just have to get through every single week. Now, I've said to her, what are you going to do about it? And the response is always like, oh, I need to talk to management, I need to this, I need to that. And she talks to management and nothing changes. She talks to management, nothing changes. She talks to management, nothing changes. The stress levels are high all the time. The only time she's not stressed is during a holiday where she's not at work, right? So there's no balance in her life or – little balance in her life, little to no balance in her life. This is just like work, 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 work. And the weekend is just decompressed from work because work, 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 work when, when Monday hits. Now, I don't think it takes a genius to realise that that's extremely unhealthy in the long term. So I said to her, we've been having this conversation for months now. This, what are you going to do about it? You try and implement something and they don't actually change. You try, they don't change, they don't change. So they have shown you consistently that they're not going to do anything to alleviate the position that you're in. So now you have to decide, what am I actually going to do about it, right? Because you could look back five years down the track or whatever and think, was it worth it? And I'm not saying it as a rhetorical question. It's a legitimate question. Was it worth it? Was it worth it to run myself into the ground and to have to medicate myself to be able to go to sleep because of my job? Was it worth it that I would cry multiple times a week because I was so stressed and the only way that I would de-stress is if I had time off or if I, you know, forced myself to go to sleep? Was it worth it? Only you can answer that question. And I'm not saying that the answer has to be absolutely no. Maybe it is worth it. Maybe you measure things worth, you know, the worth of something a certain way, and for you, you determine that it's worth it. But it's important to ask yourself, in the future, am I going to look back and say, is this fucking worth it? Is the lifestyle, is the pain that I'm getting, is the lack of balance in my life worth it? And for what? What am I actually getting out of this? Because if you think you're getting money out of it, which you probably are, if it's a career thing, fine. But why do you want, why do you want money? So you can have less debt, right? Or so you can, uh, you know, buy certain things or put a down payment on a home or, or buy nicer things or whatever it is. Why do you want money? Okay. Why do you want to get those things to make your life more comfortable? Why do you want to make your life more comfortable? Why? So you can be happy. Okay. So this is what I mean about balance. I'm not saying go fucking quit your job and live in the, at the top of a mountain and don't work, but balance because I would rather any day of the week, take a bit of a pay cut and not cry myself to sleep more often than not because of a job that's so stressful and be happy with less money than be so highly strung with all the money in the world. What is the point of having all the money in the world if your health is deteriorating? You have to medicate yourself to get to sleep. You are miserable more often than you're happy. What, what does all the money in the world do? get you. Yes, money is important and shit's fucking expensive. I get it. But where's the balance? And there has to be some balance because the argument, yes, life is expensive. Shit's expensive more than ever now. Rent's expensive. It's all expensive. But the the most valuable commodity is your health. So you need to always weigh everything up and your health should be at the top of the list every time, which leads me to my next point, which is number five. If you don't have health, Including mental health, you risk losing everything. Now, I was watching something on Instagram. I think it was, and it was an interview between two people. I think it was actually, uh, I think it was actually the guy that the host of Diary for CEO who said this. But I might be wrong. I'm pretty sure it is. Great podcast. If you don't already listen to it, there's a good recommendation. He said that his number one priority, above everything else in his life, is his health physical and mental, his overall health, because he's got a relationship, which he values very highly. He's got a pet, he's got a career, he's got all these things, which he values really highly. But if his relationship was to break down, as sad as that would be, he would still have his career, his other relationships, his pet, blah, blah, blah. If his pet was to pass away, devastating, but he'd still have everything else. If his career was to crumble, he'd still have all the other pillars. And he could get a, a different kind of career because he'd be resourceful. But if your health goes downhill and fails you, if your mental health where you can't get out of bed, if that crumbles, everything you're at risk of losing everything else. If you don't have your health, everything else is at risk. Your health has to be your priority. If you want to be a better partner, your health has to be your number one priority. If you want to be better at work, whether for yourself or your own career or for your employer, your health has to be your priority. And it's really easy to lose sight of that, really easy to lose sight of that. But every day you wake up, you have to say, what am I doing today for my health, okay, directly for my health or even better You say, what am I doing today to improve on my health? And you better have an answer. And I don't care how small the improvement is, but there better be an answer because that is the one thing that you've got to be working on every single day of your life, physical or mental, or if you can, both in the same day, ideally. Number six, ask yourself, if I don't have balance and this lack of balance continues, how is it going to affect me long term? Is it actually sustainable? Is this sustainable? And if it's not sustainable, what needs to change? If I look at my example of a couple of months ago where I was like not feeling good, I literally said to myself, this is not sustainable. This is not sustainable. I don't feel good. I'm not my normal self. I don't want this to continue going the way it's going. And if I ask myself, how is this going to affect me? I looked at it from a time perspective. I thought, if I sit here and feel the way I'm feeling while all this is going on, eventually there will be some resolution at some point, some sort of resolution. This, like I said, it's not permanent. It's not going to go on forever. But do I want, while this was happening... To be so invested in this one thing that I actually end up looking back and said, there was this time frame where you weren't doing the podcast, you weren't working on the podcast, and you also did nothing because you were in such, you know, you were in a state where nothing was happening so then you were festering with that thing. And I would have looked at it as time that I could have dedicated to another area of my life. And even if it wasn't career, I could have dedicated it to spending time with people or spending time doing something that made me feel good. Okay. So that's when it says how, when I was saying, how does this actually affect you? You've got to look at it. What do you stand to lose if it continues this way? Number seven, if you're someone that feels that there's no balance in your life and you're, and you're very stressed about this aspect of your life and you're putting all your energy into this one thing, ask yourself, is there something that I can get optimistic about. Is there something that I can get excited about that's separate to this thing? Separate. That's the operative word. I don't want you that that just creates even more imbalance if you're like, right, I'm spending all my time and energy into this one thing, every other aspect of my life is getting neglected, but I'm now going to find yet another thing to get no. Separate to this particular facet of your life. Is there something you can get excited or optimistic about in some other area or some other facet of that? you know, of your career or your relationships. So with me, I thought, well, I'm going through this right now. I don't really have much control over the situation. And also that was another thing that was kind of affecting me as well. I had to get to a point where I could determine what is in my control and what is not in my control. And then I kind of surrendered to being like a lot of this, maybe not all of it, for sure, not all of it, but a a big chunk of this is not in my control. Given that, do I need to be, spending all my time and energy into this and the answer is no so then I started looking at other facets of my career that wasn't podcast related and I started genuinely getting excited I started getting optimistic Tyrone noticed it straight away in my energy he's like oh you've had a great day today what have you done differently and I'd be like oh I just came up with this new idea and I'm going to work on this and I'm feeling really good and it's amazing how the moment you tap into something when you start getting creative or you start doing, it's amazing how you can turn things around. You have so much in your life, but like I said in, in point two, you, sometimes it's, you just need to step, step back and zoom out, being like there is so much available at my fingertips. But I've been burying myself so deeply into this situation that I haven't seen anything else because I've like completely covered my awareness with this one thing that's going on. So sometimes when you just zoom out, look back and turn your head and look at another thing and think, what can I do that's new here? What can I get excited about? Always ask yourself, what can I get excited about? What's something that I could feel optimistic about? Or what can I look forward to? That puts a spring in your step and it's, it's an avalanche effect. When you start to feel a little bit of good, it becomes a little bit easier to feel better. And then when you start to feel better, it becomes easier to feel better than that. And it becomes easier to laugh at something. And it becomes easier to crack a joke. And it becomes easier to wake up feeling a little bit lighter. You know, it's this whole, you've got to work on it. But happiness is just around the corner. Okay? You just have to allow yourself to tap into these moments because stress happens. Pain comes into your life. Challenges are always, just like happiness is around the corner, challenges are fucking always around the corner, always. But you don't want to make your life... Or you want to aim to make your life about the good things and not all about the bad because the bad things are inevitable. You can't live your life avoiding all the bad things because they're going to happen. But when they happen, you don't want it to throw out all the good in your life. You still want to maintain a balance. You need to acknowledge the pain. You need to acknowledge that there's going to be a hard time here. But it doesn't mean that you now have to throw away all the good in your life. Balance, balance, balance. Zoom out. Look at everything. What can you get optimistic about what can you be excited about even when things are tough? Even when you're in the depths of a heartbreak, there is something that you can be optimistic about. There's something. You've just got to start searching. Look at other areas of your life and start searching. And lastly, ask yourself, what would it take for me to change? Because a lot of the time, People wait for everything to crumble and then they realise, oh, my God, I've got to change my life. Like this this is really – my health has deteriorated now. My relationship broke down and it made me realise that I had no balance. I only focused on my career or I only focused on this thing and that was my wake-up call. A lot of people wait unintentionally and subconsciously. They just live their life until they receive a wake-up call. They get a health scare. Then they change their life and they bring in more balance into their health. They get, you know – Their partner's like, I'm divorcing your ass because you're never fucking present for me and I'm done. You know, they get a scare, a wake up call and then they're like, oh my God, I changed. So it took that to make them change. Ask yourself, what will it take for me to change? Will it take me cruising along and waiting for change to be forced upon me because I've had a wake up call because my health went bang or because my partner who I actually do love but wasn't showing it has turned around and said, I'm fucking done with your bullshit and left or that. Whatever, there's a million different things that could happen. Is that what it takes? Hopefully not. Hopefully you can see the warning signs earlier and that can be a big enough flag for you to be like, I need to pull in the reins and I need to create some balance. I need to give more attention to the other things that really matter to me. Because time goes faster than you want it to. And there are people in your life, there are situations in your life that are not going to be there forever. You need to milk your every facet of your life, whenever possible. It's not worth it to say, Oh, I'm just going to, you know, really milk this career and be a workaholic for the next five years and not give any attention to the relationships in your life because people around you, parents, grandparents, are getting older. Situations that you're living in the city and you live one block away from all your best friends, that's going to change. Make the most of the things that you're grateful for now. Ask yourself, What am I truly, truly grateful for? And am I able to lean into these things a little bit more? And when you start to lean into the things that you're grateful for, you start to feel really good and you start to maximise those things because change is inevitable. Everything is impermanent. Things are going to change around you and sometimes you end up looking back and the time where you had the least amount of money or you did have stresses in your life but they weren't big enough stresses that it was ruining your life. And they're sometimes the funnest times in your life. You're living in a share house but the people were such a ball and you're at uni just strapped for cash but, you know, you had a ball and then you'd commute on the bus with your best friend and they're the good fucking times. You could right now be living in a time where you could potentially be living some of the best times of your life but there might be no balance and no perspective, okay? So try and zoom out as often as you can and think, where can I spread it out so I can feel happiness at least every day, if not more happiness in general. Okay, guys, thank you so much for listening to this podcast. Oh, I just feel so good to be back podcasting. Got a huge favor to ask you, seeing as I've been off the air for a while, could you please share this episode with your friends, with your family? Please share it on your social medias. Tag me in it. Tag the DYFM podcast um, Instagram account. Um, you guys have just done such a phenomenal job sharing and spreading the word with my podcast that if anyone can do it, it's my beans for sure. You guys are the real MVPs and so happy to be back. Love you guys so much. All is well in the world. And of course, remember, be kind to yourself, be kind to your brains. Don't take shit from anyone and especially don't take shit from yourself. do